Today on The Word of Truth Revealed. I want to encourage some people who are ready to give up because your feelings are hurt. Well, God allows feelings to get hurt. This is how he prunes us. This is how he works with us. This is how he gets us back to that place that he's called us to be. Glory to God. He cuts off dead limbs by hurting feelings. He gets rid of some people that you never would got, have gotten rid of. They're in your closet and you know they're blood suckers, suckers. They're sucking the life out of you. But God uses setback and he uses hurt feelings to cut some stuff off of you. Welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Merton L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. The fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians verses 17 and 18 are the background scriptures for the message, God Makes All Things New, Part 2. Glory to God. Well, new is great. It sounds like potential to me. Budding promises and opportunity. Um, God is the author of new, which simply means that God is the writer. He's the source of the outline. He's the preface. He's the subject matter of that which is new. Our God has written each chapter of your life. And the closing of this new normal, he is the author of it. He's bringing to end or to the end uh, some things that we've been accustomed to. As we approach Palm Sunday, I've never seen a time like this in all of my ministry where we're approaching Palm Sunday and no, there's no palms in the pews. <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, even when Jesus came into the city and was riding on a donkey, uh, everybody praised him on that day. But the next week, the same crowd was saying crucify him. So it's not about the crowd per se. It is about the purpose of God. And I decree and declare that you're not crowd driven, you're purpose driven in the name of the Lord. And if we don't have crowds in our sanctuary, it doesn't mean that God has forsaken his people. Actually, uh, God loves his people and God loves his people. Whether you're sitting in a pew or you're sitting in a dungeon, he can still reach you. He can reach you if you're sick and shut in or if you're on the mountaintop, giving him the glory and the praise. God is at work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. And God is going to have victory in your life believe this god is going to have the victory in your life so i want you to stand firm my friend i want you to stand firm in the liberty wherein christ has made you free he is the author of this particular book he knew that we would be right where we are today and god is not reacting to that he's responding to that and we shouldn't be reacting we should respond whether you're in your home on palm sunday or on resurrection day it is an intimate time for us to make sure that we're honoring our god that we are pulling our families together i really believe that god wants us to pull the family together and begin to minister to sons and daughters 
I'm going to be ministering here regardless of what's happening in the world. I'm going to be ministering the word of God no matter what's going on. But I think it's important for all of us to understand and know that God wants us. And I want you all to get this. God wants us to make sure that we're working with him to will and to do of his good pleasure. And whether you're in the sanctuary or you're at home because we're encouraging our people to live stream. You need to strengthen the family. Turn on uh, Facebook live or live stream while I'm ministering you can even project it onto the from your iPad or your phone to your screen at home your smart TV and just make it bigger magnify it magna the moment well, I'm going to be preaching the word but then take the word and make sure you're ministering to your family and be safe in the name of the Lord go through these shifts and changes to catch the new harvest we have to be flexible we can't be rigid we must be flexible as God would have us to be flexible so we can catch the new harvest. The net, the net that will catch the new harvest is a flexible net. Not a net that's rigid. Not a net that says God can only work this way. Well, God can't work if we're not in the sanctuary. You are the church, not a building. You are the church. And if you're afraid, then it means the church is afraid. If you're wise, it means the church is wise. If you're sanctified, it means the church is sanctified. If you trust God, no matter what's going on, hallelujah, that means the church is trusting God. Glory to God. And so I wanted to get that to you. God is the author. The Bible says this in James chapter 1 and verse 17. And every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And God is the author. Hallelujah. God is the author of the good and the perfect. And he allows storms to come. To make sure you understand who's the giver of gifts anyway. It is not our jobs that takes care of us. They'll forsake you. Companies will forsake you. Forsake you if there's a look, just a dip. They got enough money. They pay CEOs enough money to pay your check. But they will cut you loose. Companies will cut you loose during hard times. They will cut you loose during hard times if the bottom line just drops a little bit. But what you need to understand, God will never leave you nor forsake you. And God can make them hang on just a little while longer. Put your confidence in the Lord. Begin to release it back to God. Give him glory, praise, and honor. And watch him work in your life. Hallelujah. Like no other power can do. There are three things that really help us to understand God's renewing ability. Or his ability to make all things new. There are three things that I want to share with you. I did the first one on Sunday, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time with it, but I just want to give it to you. You can go to Facebook Live and watch it. Make sure you click like on it and share it with your friends. But uh, the first thing that God does when he's making all things new is, number one, he restores. You can write that down. He restores. An acronym that I use is RENEW. That's R-E-N-E-W. RENEW. But he restores things. That acronym renew is for reduce. There should be a reduction when God renews. We look at the limit. We look at empty seats and we see something that's that's making us cry. But don't worry about that. When God wants to renew something, he will reduce. It'll look like there's a cutback. Actually, the church should be used to this because what God does, he says, if I want you to bring more fruit, I will prune what you already have. That means I'm going to snip off some limbs in your life and make you leaner or svelte. I'm going to make you svelte. I'm going to make you leaner. And when I make you leaner, it's going to cause you to become more fruit bearing than trying to resurrect dead limbs that need to be cut off anyway. 
one of the things that the tree does, it, it has no brain, but it has this natural, this natural drive to try to resurrect that which is dead. And so it's spending all of its energy, all of its energy trying to pump life into a limb that's already dead. And that's why we need a husband man. We need a we need a gardener. We need someone that can come in and look at the tree and say, you know what? This limb is not producing fruit. So what I'm going to do is cut it back. And when I do, the tree then will stop trying to resurrect that which was dead and it will begin to pump its energy into fruit bearing. And even now, while we're cut back, we're cutting and trimming our ministries up. Some stuff we were doing, like baby contests. We don't need baby contests. We don't need competition in the house of God. What we need is a word that comes from the Lord. We need some heartfelt worship from people who are really striving to get in the presence of God. We need that worship emanating from the house of God. We need the word going forth. We need a welcoming spirit. We need someone at the door that's not trying to be a U.S. Marshal to keep people out. We need someone at the door saying, welcome into the family of God. Giving everybody a sense of belonging. A sense of connecting a sense of growing and a sense of serving thank you jesus and god has a way of causing all things to become new when he renews something he reduces secondly he eliminates when he's renewing he actually gets out of us things that we don't need anymore if you check it out many people around the world have many crutches things that they lean on that has nothing to do with god it could be a habit that we lean on. It could be a material idol. It can be an iPad that we lean on. Or an iPhone or a droid that we bow to and worship every day. We spend more time on it for play and games than we do in prayer. But God has a way of taking all of that. Elimination. He's eliminating those things that are not like him. Can't go to the movie theater. It's shut down. Entertainment is gone. I love the islands of adventure. But they're not taking any tickets right now. I have to give some glory to God and give him some time. So I want to encourage you while we're eliminating excess. Eliminating non-essentials. Let us make sure we're engaging glory to God in those things that bring honor and praise to the name of our God. The third thing you need to see the end is for nourish. If you're going to renew anything, we must nourish it with nectar. We must nourish it with vitamins. We must nourish it with protein building compound. With cell building compound like protein. We need essential vitamins and minerals coming into the body. And God is getting rid of a lot of junk food in our ministries. A lot of junk food. People going to lie on you. People going to talk about you. But God is going to straighten them out. We don't need no junk food preaching. We need nectar. What does the Bible say about my family? <clears throat> what does the Bible say about my finance? What does the Bible say about my faith? What does the Bible say about my life? What does the Bible say about the wisdom that I have or the wisdom that I'm not using? What does the Bible say about forgiveness? What does the Bible say about godliness? Why are we confused with anything in our world today? We don't know what to call right 
and we don't know what to call wrong but the bible is very clear and when we get back to the scriptures we'll be able to see what god is saying about the things that we're struggling with and then let's stand with god he's the only one that's standing anyway and we also need to see the second e which is energize energize holy spirit needs to energize us holy spirit needs to release more power into our lives and if you don't have any energy you don't need an energy drink what you need is more holy ghost power and the Holy Spirit, I told you, he's actually moving over the darkness. Anytime you see darkness in the earth, you need to see that over that, over the darkness, the Holy Spirit is spreading forth his arms and his wings over the dove. is flying over the darkness, glory to God. And waiting on the word of the Lord or the timing of God to be spoken, glory to God, by God. And you'll see this thing die. But until then, we're going to hold on. To God's unchanging hand. And the W is for wellness. Wellness. Your mental capacity to maintain peace. Write it down. It is well with my mind. It is well with my soul. It is well with my money. It is well with my future. I'm just going through this right now. We're not going to give the enemy any more TV time. We're going to talk about what God is saying to his people. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. And so we dealt with that renew aspect. That's the first. When God wants to do something, he restores. And he restores all things through his son, Jesus Christ. Through redemption. The forgiveness of our sins. And justification. Which all comes through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In the book, book of Ruth, we see God taking a family and restores a family. This family's name was faced totally. This family was facing total extinction. A girl by the name of Ruth lost her husband. And then her mother-in-law was bitter. Her name was Naomi. And she says, I don't even want you to hang out with me anymore. Rejection upon rejection. And there are people even now, that spirit of rejection is hitting you. Don't let it consume you. Don't let rejection and abandonment consume you. Ruth knew very little about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But she had a mother-in-law that taught her a little bit about God. And even during dark times, she was able to hold on to that little light that she had. And she was able to overcome the situations that she was dealing with. The scripture says she was facing total extinction. Not only did God restore her, her family structure and her future, but the field in which she was picking grain, when it was all over, she owned the grain. She owned the entire field and was able, glory to God, to feed thousands of families when she used to be a slave or a, a, a servant girl working in the field herself. And I want you to know that God, when he restores, he'll mess you up because God will add favor to those ones that you've forgotten about. There's some people I'm talking to right now. You're primed for the favor of God. You've been abused. You've lost some loved ones. I'm talking about they died. Or they don't want to speak to you anymore. They refuse you. They said, get away from me. But this is what Ruth said to her bitter mother-in-law. Entreat me not to leave you. Hallelujah. Don't tell me to leave. You're my lifeline. Glory to God. I want to encourage some people who are ready to give up because your feelings are hurt. Well, God allows feelings to get hurt. 
This is how he prunes us. This is how he works with us. This is how he gets us back to that place that he's called us to be. Glory to God. He cuts off dead limbs by hurting feelings. He gets rid of some people that you never would got, have gotten rid of. They're in your closet and you know they're blood suckers, suckers. They're sucking the life out of you. But God uses setback and he uses hurt feelings to cut some stuff off of you. Glory to God. And this is what Ruth said. Instead of her saying, you know what? She hurt my feelings and I'm out of here. She said, don't say that, mama. Don't say that to me. Entreat me not to leave you. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. And wherever you lodge, wherever you lay your head, I will lay my head. Glory to God. Glory to God. I just want to encourage you, if you can get beyond your hurt feelings, you may see a brighter day. Hallelujah. You just may see a brighter day. Let's move into the second segment. Not only does God renew and God restore, but when God makes all things new, God renames. God renames. Now, one thing I've learned about God is that God, the names uh, in the Bible and the name, names in general, carry a lot of significance. It carries a lot of significance in Scripture, and it should carry a lot of significance with us. And I grew up on a street where everybody had a nickname. Everybody had a nickname. Man was a nickname. Uh, Bozo was a nickname. Someone in my neighborhood. Bootsy was a nickname. <laughs> Glory to God. People are calling folk by their nickname and won't ever call them by their name. But names carry a lot of significance in scripture. Throughout the Bible, people are introduced to us by name. And by the meaning of their name. So when we find out who a person is in the Bible, the scripture usually is forward as it relates to giving you the name of the person. And then if you want to study a little deeper and find out why would God tell you their name? I thought they were insignificant. Well, their name is significant. And because their name is significant, it means they are significant in scripture. For instance, Eve, the first woman ever created or made. God made the man and then out of the man he created a woman and out of the woman he pulls out a family and out of the family we see a society if you blame the society if you point your finger at the society if you say the society is dark we must go all the way back to the man maybe the man missed God because something beautiful should come out of the man it did the first man we see Eve introduced and out of Eve comes a family. And out of the family comes a society. But when sin gets into the family, when sin gets into the marriage, it creates chaos and degradation. And but Eve, the name of Eve means mother of all living. That's what her name means. And I'm quite sure that when she was in her darkest hour, she had to draw from the meaning of her own name. The mother of all living. All living human beings, every life on this earth, whether it's male or female, came out of Eve. Abram is another name that we need to look at. It means great father, wonderful man. But his name was changed to Abraham, which means father of many nations. 
father of many nations. Glory to God. Isaac is another name. But his name really means laughter. Glory to God. And I want to decree and declare that some of you that can't smile, faces sad, God is going to have you laughing in a few days. When he breaks forth on the left and the right, it's going to make you laugh. When he shows you what he had in store for you from the foundation of the world. Glory to God. Remember, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Nothing surprises God. He knew that in the first, on the 1st of April that we would have a shutdown in Florida. But don't let it affect you, glory to God. God is not shutting down the word. The word is never limited. And you can still pray. You can still worship. You can still sing your song. You can still love somebody. Even though things aren't looking well for you. Glory to God. Isaac means laughter. And then Isaac produces a young boy by the name of Jacob, which means heel grabber. But God changed his name to Israel. Heel grabber means to grab someone at the heel, to be the supplanter. But God gave him the name Israel, which means to fight. It's a type of heel grabbing, but it means to contend. And he got that name as he began to wrestle with the angel all night long. Tonight we wrestle. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know you feel locked up, but you're wrestling with the word that's over your head. You're wrestling with your significance. You're wrestling, glory to God, with your purpose. God hasn't changed. You're just going through a dark and narrow tunnel, and you will be birthed into a whole new dimension if you hold on and don't let go of your faith. Glory to God. Wrestle with God tonight so tomorrow your name can change. If somebody say amen. Jacob's name was changed after, after he wrestled with God to Israel. Glory to God. And here's another significance. One of the sons of Jacob, his name was given to him and it means praise. His name was Judah. But Judah means praise. His mother had three sons before him and she was still trying to get her husband to love her. But when she had Judah, glory to God, she says, I'm just going to start giving God some glory. And that's what some of you need to do. Take a step back, turn it into a praise. Turn your sorrow into a praise. Turn your setback into a praise. Turn your uncertainty into a praise. Glory to God and watch God work it out in your life. Hallelujah. Take a look at our world. Just in a few weeks of crisis and our very way of life seems to be threatened fleeting or drifting away. The stock market tanked, recession looks likely, and this present society, our world, is facing its first major pandemic. Yet many philosophers, uh, many great minds, deep thinkers, and many biblical teachers of the Word of God have observed that every crisis has inspired hope, expectation, anticipation, and optimism. We believe a brighter day is coming, and I want you to believe it as well. Hope for the heart is, inspires us to not just survive the current crisis, but to actually use it, to use it for your benefit. Use it to better your life, to strengthen your serve, to sharpen your focus and increase your chances for future success. I want you to remember this. Any unlikely crisis or various kinds of crises can be good 
it can be positive, virtuous, and beneficial for you. Number one, it awakens you. It can stimulate you. It can kindle new flames of passion in you and creativity toward the intent. And that is to shift, to even transform you. The scripture says it like this, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun the good work in you is faithful to complete it. I believe God's hands is on you. His spirit is within you. He's enlarging your territory. We can do this if we stand together. If we stand together in our faith in Jesus. God bless you. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at the word of truth at truthrevealed.org. For a small donation of $5 for CDs and $12 for DVDs, you can obtain a physical copy of today's message for your personal library, or you can log on to our website and download the MP3 version. For your physical copy of today's message, when you write or email us, use reference number 1822. That's reference number 1822. To find out what's going on with Trim Nation, Connect with us on social media by logging into Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or visit us at our website at truthrevealed.org. And now, here are Bishop Clark's final thoughts. God makes dead things alive. That's the God we serve. He makes dead things alive. That which looks dead, that which isn't breathing anymore. He can crouch over it and breathe into it the breath of life and it will live again. Glory, hallelujah. That goes for your business. It goes for your resources. It goes for your life. It goes for your marriage. It goes for your relationships. God can resurrect it.